Welcome to it once again. Here is this week's edition of What's the Story on thepeoplechronicles.com. I say this every week, and I'm going to keep saying it until you do it. So go ahead and do that. Make thepeoplechronicles.com a favorite on your web browser. And check in every day. There are lots and lots of stories, 26 pages of stories, as a matter of fact, all easily downloadable on whatever device is convenient for you and there for you to listen to when you have an opportunity. So take advantage of that. What's the story? There's a new edition each and every week, and and my name is Joe Painter. I am the host, and I am very, very happy to welcome to the show this week Mary Kay Bernoski. Mary Kay is the executive director of BWIC, as we like to call it here in Pennsylvania, or Burke's Women in Crisis. It's good to see you again, Mary Kay. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. I'm I'm grateful you came in. I appreciate being offered. I started looking around into domestic violence. You know, it's, it's kind of, domestic violence is always there. Right. But it, it's kind of under the covers. We right. don't Still. talk about it. We don't discuss it. Yet I read recently there's a statistic, and there's lots of statistics, tens of millions of women are domestically abused. Yes. That's an accurate statistic. Yes. And we're talking about the United States. We're talking about the United States. Yes. And we're talking about... It happens everywhere, but... We Twenty fourteen. Yes. Has it? When I look at that statistic, and maybe you don't know this, maybe none of us know, has it gotten better? Did it used to be hundreds of millions, and now it's tens of millions? Well, that's a, that's difficult to say um, mm-hmm. because we've been working in this movement, meaning the domestic violence awareness movement, where mm-hmm. we actually started talking about this for now almost forty years, um, and in that time, more people have come forward, but. We still have. We still know that we're not seeing most of the people who are in danger. We know there's a, a statistic that of all of the lethalities in the country, only four percent have ever been connected with the domestic violence agency. So a lot of those statistics are still underreported. So it's one of those things. Things get better, or at least they look like they're getting worse before they get better. Because the first thing we have to do is get people to come forward and say, "This is happening to me." You're surprising me a little bit. It's only been 40 years that we're talking about it. Yes. So it's kind of a, a an infantile movement. It is. It to, is. To some degree. So then I guess in a sort of twisted way, it's a good thing what's happening in the NFL. It's a terrible thing what's happening. But because it's the NFL, it brought the topic of domestic violence into national discourse. That's right. And that's good. That's right. And it it has been happening in the NFL for many, many years. I mean, we can go back and talk about Warren Moon, who um, was charged with abusing his wife many times. He's in the the Hall of Fame. We can talk about Lawrence Phillips, who has been finally been arrested, but he had been um, charged with assaulting his then girlfriend, and he was drafted first um, back in 1990-something. So it's happened a lot. Why this one finally got everyone's attention? I don't know if it's the video, seeing I, it. I would think so. The video, because seeing that graphic is much more shocking than hearing it. I, 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 I guess that's what it is. I mean, we've known for a long time the reality of what domestic violence looks like behind closed doors, but we finally got to show it to everybody else. When you say we've known, who's we? We at Burke's Women in Crisis, mm-hmm. we, the mm-hmm. men and women who have been involved in this movement for a long time, who understand that there's nothing that she's doing to cause this. Uh, can you say that again, please? There's nothing that she's doing to cause this. One more time. There is women. nothing she can do. 
that justifies her being assaulted the way that Ray Rice assaulted his then fiance now wife Janae. I don't think we can say that enough. So you have NFL Raven Ray Rice, Janae Rice, the elevator punch, and then she married him. Yes. Robin Givens, ex-husband of uh, Mike Tyson, hit her. Yes. Why did you stay? She says, well, he would turn into, you know, I'm determined I'm going to stay away. And then he keeps calling and calling and then he turns into a big crybaby and he's crying on her lap and saying, I was abused and I promise I'll never do it again. And she said, next thing you know, I'm consoling him. Right. Ultimately, she got away. An anonymous person. I was eight weeks pregnant with my second child when my husband hit me. Never hit me before that. I had no income, no car, no bank account, nowhere to live with the kids. I had to stay. Nicole Beverly, read this one in the Huffington Post, particularly bad beat. She said, this one was a particularly bad beating. He cracked my ribs. Um, She did what she should. She moved out. But she was stalked and she was harassed. And she had him arrested. Judges gave him a lecture and let him go. Ultimately, he's in prison for aggravated stalking. But she's still terrified. And then there's Leslie Morgan Steiner, a completely different picture. Took her four years to leave her violently abusive, well-to-do, wealthy Wall Street trader. So it's all demographics. Right. All incomes. Absolutely. She stayed. She confused pity for love and thought she could help save him from his demons. Now, I have to ask you, because this drives me nuts. Right. Why do we say, why did she stay? Sometimes I think it's more about Janae and why did she stay? Why aren't we asking, why did he hit her? Well, exactly. And we've been saying that for a long time. But I think the reason, if I had my own, my own belief that the reason is because when I say, why did she stay? It means it can't happen to me. It means that there's something I can do to prevent it from happening to me. And we haven't yet accepted the fact that that's not true. That and I could be the most say intelligent, accomplished woman and I can still be a victim of domestic violence. So... You're saying, when we say, why did she stay, we're saying, it couldn't happen to me? It can't happen to me, because I would never make that choice. Or there's something that I could do differently to prevent that from happening to me. Isn't that part of the psyche of staying? Because you feel it is your fault, so you just need to do a better job. Absolutely. It's it's very complicated. I mean, the first thing that people have to recognize is these uh, relationships don't start out abusive. At least not violently abusive if the first time they went on a date he punched her in the face she wouldn't have a second Mm -hmm. but that's not how it works it starts out very romantic sometimes some of the red flags we miss like he always wants to be with me he can't be without me he just wants to know where i'm at i am all the time he's so worried about me we mistake that for love is that love mistake that for love or is that control exactly and we want to spend all our time together and Oh, I, it's not that I don't want to be around your family. It's just that I, I miss just being having us. So it makes it uncomfortable when other people are around. So we start to isolate you from everyone else. You wrote a, an article in, in one of the newsletters about the isolation factor, and yes. that's, that's kind of an MO? Yes. It is, it is usually the central component of domestic violence because to gather control, you have to minimize anyone else's influence, right? To get her to be completely dependent upon me, I need her to understand that I'm the only one she has. And I make it so. So she might understand there is somebody else, but I make it so. So the partner is really creating separation. Correct. Between friends, family, coworkers? Friends, family, coworker, anybody that might otherwise be a support by making it very uncomfortable to be around, by punishing her when she's with other people. And then does she feel, I shouldn't have done that? I shouldn't have gone out. Exactly. 
I know he gets upset, so I shouldn't have done it. So it's my fault. I pushed his buttons. And he'll say that. She pushed my buttons. She knows that this bothers me, and she did it anyway. How about, um, for example, the, the anonymous, or which one, Nicole Beverly, she said it was a particularly bad beating, cracked ribs. Leads me to believe there were others, but, oh, it wasn't that bad. Exactly. We do tend to minimize, and victims will tend to minimize this because it's difficult to imagine that you're in that kind of danger. You don't want to believe that someone's going to hurt you that bad. Someone you love, someone you've been in a relationship with, that someone could actually hurt you that badly. So you do tend to minimize. And there is a cycle. You know, there's the, there's the violence, you know, the, the outburst of the physical violence. Then there's that honeymoon phase where I'm very, very sorry. It'll never happen again. Um, and then it, it starts all over. But the control is always that omnipresent, I need to maintain control. And you see the violence escalate when they think that maybe what I'm doing isn't working, so I need to up the ante a bit. The the man needs to up the yes. ante, yeah. which is where the physical kits in. Correct. So that that leads me to believe that if there's no physical contact, they're not being hit, there still could be abuse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's lots need of to people who've never that. been hit. It might not be... It might not be considered abuse in terms of our State Pen- Protection from Abuse Act. There still requires a physical violence or a threat of physical violence. But we know that the ultimate issue is the control, the power and control. Um, so there's many, many women who that's what makes it hard for them to even identify that that's what this is because they've never been hit. So when you say to them that you're a victim of domestic violence, they say, no, I'm not. He's never, he's never hit me. If the woman doesn't believe it's violence... He's never hit me. Mm-hmm. Does the man know that what he's doing is wrong? Is there, some, is there a disconnect there? Well, that's, that's the other part of the equation. And we've been working now with men and boys to try to talk about what a healthy relationship looks like. Because for centuries, as you, you, know, you, um, you know, the man was the head of the household. And I, I'm just going back into mm-hmm. common law. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the woman's right. identity st- ceased to exist during marriage. There was just the marriage. There was one entity as controlled by the, the husband. So redefining what a healthy relationship is is important so that men can be um, fulfilled in their relationships and not believe that they just have to be the ones in control because that's the role of a man. The disconnect, whether it's with the man or the woman, clearly there is a disconnect and people are being hurt. We'll explore that a little bit more. And you've honed in on men and boys and look at where the effect um, really plants its seeds when children are witnesses. That's coming up next here on What's the Story?